Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Inflation is likely to remain stubbornly high even next year, and any tax cuts and additional extraordinary supports for households in next month's budget could keep inflation higher for longer. That's according to the Central Bank of Ireland in its quarterly bulletin out today. Robert Kelly is the Director of Statistics at the Central Bank of Ireland and joins me now. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Joe. Let's start with inflation. Where do you think it'll be by the end of this year and at the end of next year? Yeah, so we see inflation broadly unchanged compared to the last bulletin. So about 5.4% for this year, and we expect a gradual and uneven decline towards around 2.3% by 2025. Do, now, when you, we talk, do, you, do you think that 5.4% is where you expect it to be this time last year when you started raising rates? So yes, this is consistent with what we thought uh, last year. Last year we saw a peak of 40-year high, close to 10, 10%. And what we're seeing now is the energy price shock leaving the inflation essentially on year-on-year averaging. And what's becoming more and more prevalent now are domestic factors. What's happening in the service sector in terms of wage and the capacity in the economy. Uh-huh. So, uh, so it sounds as if there's something of a wage price spiral going on. Well, I think it would be too strong to say there's a wage price spiral. Wages are growing nominally about the region of 4 to 5%. But what we're very concerned about at the moment is the tightness in the labour market. Mm. So if you take it that firms right now, when we do our market intelligence, are pointing to the availability of labour being a big constraint on their growth. So if we were to increase demand even further... The risk we run here is we would start to see wages grow quicker in the economy. And of course, that would feed back around into inflation. Uh, right. OK, so there is a, a danger that if you the, the economy is humming along so well that uh, wages could, could, could hint up, could rise up. You make a direct reference to potential government supports in the budget next month and the impact that that could have. Yes. So in essence, maybe to take a step back here, what we've seen over the last couple of years is phenomenal ex- economic resilience in the economy since 2020. A lot of that actually is because of government supports. We've seen very little labour market scarring when we closed down large sectors of the economy in the pandemic. And last year, vulnerable households were protected by uh, supports, temporary supports to the energy shock. But what we see now with that evolution and what's driving inflation is a need to consider the level of demand, the level of total demand in the economy. And the government need to find a an appropriate balance between supporting households that need support for cost of living, but not contributing to overall demand and potentially fueling those inflationary pressures. Hmm. Tight labour market conditions, um, has that allowed real wages to catch up, Robert? Yeah, so what we're expecting there is, as I said, nominal wage growth or the, in your pay packet, we expect to be about 5 to 6% this year and next. But inflation is coming down at the same time. So to your point, the real earnings or the purchasing power we expect that return to positive territory in the second half of this year and close to trend by the end of the projection horizon in 2025, about 2% by then. Uh, and I know we're kind of slightly going over the same territory. And is yeah. that keeping inflation artificially high, the fact that wages are being uh, pushed up and real wages especially? Well, no, we would expect real wage catch up to that region of 2%. That would be consistent with the price target. The danger here is the upside risks to to wages. So the path we see is the central outlook. We don't necessarily see it fueling inflation. We are pointing to the potential dangers if we were to allow the economy, demand in the economy, be pushed higher, that it would create more wage pressures above what we're projecting. 
Modified domestic demand is often used in this country, especially by the central bank, as a better benchmark for the Irish economy than GDP, because as we all know, GDP includes huge profit repatriation for the giant multinationals. Um, What are your forecasts for modified domestic demand this year, next year and the year after? So we see the outlook has been marginally weaker than last time. So 2.9% growth this year, 2.6% next year and 23 in 2025. And the factors underpinning that are twofold. Firstly, we would describe it as ever more binding capacity constraints. And I'll explain that in a bit more detail in a minute. And the second is monetary policy transmission, the early stages of seeing that starting to weigh on demand here. But these ever more binding capacity constraints, essentially our biggest, our biggest consideration here is essentially a reassessment, I would call it, of where we are. So we've seen CSO revisions in the last couple of weeks that point to the economy actually being 3% larger last year than we first measured. Now, this is not a bad thing, but it does point again to that potential. The economy just can't keep up with the demand right now. And that really is the danger. We are approaching a point unemployment are at decade lows. You know, we see vacancy rates are still high relative to pre-pandemic. There are some signs that that's starting to lessen a bit when we look at our wage tracker. But the real point here is we are further along than we thought three months ago in terms of the capacity in the economy. Mm, which is which is a good thing, I suppose. And there's it been, is a good thing. Now, there is a subs, uh, there's been a significant revision to last year's estimate for modified domestic demand. Yeah, so that, that point, that is to that revision. So essentially what happened is when the CSO, and, and to point out, national accounts are very difficult to measure, very complex, they've drawn an awful lot of data. But what we've seen in revisions is our estimate of the level of consumption in the economy for 2021 and 2022 was much higher than we first thought on initial estimates. Mm. And to this point, for example, to give more detail on that, if you look at the pre-pandemic level of consumption, we'd reached that by the start of 2022 rather than the start of 2023 that we thought previously. So it just shows we're a little bit further along in terms of what's happening in the economy, the amount of consumption happening, and that feeds into that revision. And it also feeds into then our view on the potential capacity and how that weighs against potential demand. Now, in your quarterly bulletin, uh, have you guys looked at the impact that soaring interest rates have had on the Irish economy? Yes, yeah, so we did a piece of scenario analysis. So monetary policy is complex, comes through lots of challenges in the economy. Some of the early ones are like loan pricing and some of what we focus on and talk about a lot. But to get a full picture of this, really, you have to do scenario analysis. So based on what we would have seen historically, the actions we've seen by the ECB would mean inflation would be 2 to 2.5% higher the last 12 months and the next 12 months. Right. Robert, thank you so much for your time today. That's Robert Kelly, the Director of Statistics and Research at the Central Bank of Ireland. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.